1: We're here. Everyone, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is a perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll be able to get your show pushed on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms.
2: And the best part is, you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you for just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch, or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com backslash join. Check out the description box for the episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join.
1: What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man Andreas Hale. It is going to be a fun one. Thank you guys for joining us over this weekend. It's nice to be recording again on a Sunday, pumping out shows twice a week. Today's show is boxing and MMA. Plenty of talk about in boxing. Three big fights over the weekend to recap. We'll talk about what's happening next weekend as well in the UFC. Weird card on Saturday that we have to talk about and then preview another fight night coming to you from the apex. This one headlined by Derek Brunson and Tui Vasa no. is on the card as well.
2: What yeah, doing? there you go.
1: It's Kevin <laughs> Holland, man. What are you doing? No, I know, but Kevin Holland, Derek Brunson, and then Ty Tui Vasa does the shoey.
2: I was just, I got you. Right. I'm not saying Kevin Holland. It's Sunday. But yeah, I'm saying it's Sunday. So you get a pass. Oh, OK, good.
1: I thought the fight card was on Sunday. Don't scare me like that. Jeez. So we have that going on. Uh, no, I mean, did I disrespect Kevin Holland by not having him in the tees?
2: Yeah, because he's going to watch Derek Brunson just like Adesanya did. OK, uh, we shall see about that. We'll give our predictions at the end of the show, and then
1: uh, I got to mention Toy Vasa because it always means a shoey is in the on the horizon, and I always got to put the shoe in the T's. So that's what we're talking about UFC later on today. Dre, today though, like you said, we're recording on a Sunday. It is Grammys day, and
2: I don't think you worked the Grammys last year, so this is two years in a row. Yeah, he, I think oh, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with the Grammys. I think I've had my run and I've moved on in my life, man. I'm I'm doing other things. So, the Grammys, I'm good. They ain't cut me no checks.
1: No more Grammy write ups. Uh, you did the Kendrick Lamar joint. Y'all like, yo, I'm out.
2: No, yeah, what? I did. I think the last, actually, the last one I did. I don't know. I thought I you did, did. Damn. I did. Damn. I did Beyonce's Lemonade. I did Chances coloring book i think the last one i did and th- this is an indication of me like saying oh i'm out after this but they had me do a bio for post malone and i was like word <laughs> <laughs> i was like well, all the guys like i've done chance kendrick twice beyonce can't remember who else post malone yeah I was all right i'm good um yes yeah, was- i think that was the last one i did it was at least it was about two years ago I I did the Grammy program for five, six years. Yeah. And I did the Grammys itself once as the official live blogger. Can you enjoy the Grammys as
1: a fan? You've worked them so many times. No. As a fan?
2: No. I don't, dog. I told y'all, I don't like award shows. They're so boring to me. They're just long and boring. Like, I watched the Grammys on social media because I was like, who won? I'm not watching that shit. I, I don't care. I just—I
1: thought that was just live. I thought you hated them live. You're I hate them, period. Oh.
2: I'm just its like, I'll, maybe I'll watch a performance if it's good. But award shows are so stupid to me, because they, they end up being extremely long for no reason, right? Like, you just got this a bunch of people performing and singing that I don't care about. It's like somebody, no disrespect, like, Casey Musgroves. I'm like, all right, I'm good. Um, or somebody like, you know, Taylor Swift. I don't care. Like, some people love Taylor Swift. I, I just don't care. It's not that serious to me to watch it live. I got better shit to do. So, yeah, I don't give a shit.
1: Yeah, my wife is one of those people. She's like a super Taylor Swift fan. I I mean, it's cool. It's good music. It was an album of the year this year. But then again, I don't know what was.
2: I it's COVID was such a weird year. I don't, again, I don't care. I really don't give a shit. You know what I... Uh, I equate the Grammys, especially for Black people. Like, when I was in high school, I was nominated as most likely to to succeed. I think I did all right. But it's like a bunch of white people that vote for you. So I know none of my Black friends did this shit. Because they probably wouldn't have voted for me. Maybe they would, maybe they wouldn't. But if that's what the Grammys feel like. A bunch of people that you don't really rock with voting for your shit. So when you win, it's like, cool, there's some people that I don't really fuck with that vote for my shit. At the same time, it's like, there's some people that I fuck with that I don't fuck with that are voting for my shit. So I really don't care. It's a great honor. But at the end of the day, what does it really mean for black people? Until the academy is filled with black people? I don't know. I, don't
1: I had know. no clue that you won a senior superlative. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Most likely you succeed. I had best smile in high school. But, uh, yeah, like... It was a popularity contest, so all the football players won something.
2: I st- I still don't know how I won most likely to succeed. Like, i really my senior year in high school, you could find me, like, I was a troublemaker because I always challenged teachers and I always challenged the system and all that shit, but you could always find me in, the, in like, the lunchroom playing dominoes and Dean always <laughs> me, like, yo, Andreas, go to class and I'm like, no, I gotta finish this domino game, right? Like, you know, I got big six, let's go. But when I got nominated and I saw it on the sheet, I was like, word? And then I won. And I i don't even have that yearbook. That's how much I don't give a shit. I was also broke. But, yeah, it was just, like, I don't know who voted for me. To this day, I don't know who voted for me. Somebody brought that to my attention like three years ago. It was like, you never got voted most likely to succeed? And I totally forgot.
1: I got to go find that picture. You know, school libraries have every yearbook from every class. So I'm going to just go to, like, Valley High School one day and, like, just find the picture and take a random.
2: Random. Here's something really yeah. random. So we had a, me, Biggie, and Johnny had a meeting about Our Heroes Rock with a studio that I won't say the name because I'm not allowed to. And one of the people that worked with this studio went to my high school, went to Valley, which is the most absurd thing ever in the history of everything. Because she, she works for this major studio. And she was like, are you from Vegas? And I was like, yes. And she was like, oh, really? I don't meet anybody from Vegas. I was like, "Neither." And she said, uh, what high school did you go to? And I was like, Valley. And she was like, no way. Now, she's older than me. But she was like, Valley? You went to Valley? And I'm like, yeah. And we ended up having like this great conversation about Valley High School. Because nobody the only people I know that went to Valley High School is like me, her, and Greg Maddox. Like, other <laughs> than that, I don't know anybody else who went to my high school. And yeah, it was just, she was, a, when she went, cause she's older, she was like, yo, it was like, it was like, you know, it was a great high school. And I was like, when I went there, it was garbage. One of my, this kid I knew, he was like a friend of mine. He, somebody thought he called somebody black the N word and they, and I kid you not, they painted the walls with his blood. That's how bad they beat his ass. She was like, shook, she was white. And she was like, oh, what? What? And I was like, yeah, that's when when I went to Valley High School was the super hood, mega hood, Mexican's black people and a, a few white people here and there. In Yo. The ID program.
1: <laughs> By sophomore year, the football all-star game was at Valley. So we went, we had some players in it, some seniors we wanted to see play. And uh I'll never forget the dude's name, Marcus Cotton. He was an all-state linebacker from Valley High School. And dude was huge, like 6'3", running like a 4'4", at middle linebacker. And third quarter of the game, they started shooting from the street, like coming from the Wendy's. Yeah, Yo, over there shoot. on Eastern. Yo, yep. off Eastern. And Yao <laughs> Stadium is the only one that's weird as hell, where it runs um, east and west in the city, not north and south. So, or opposite. It runs north, south, not east, west, some shit and so you're shoot they're shooting and it's through the field and it's it's being played on the field and they do like a drive-by spin around the parking lot and then shoot again on the way going back across eastern and they're shooting through the gate and we're all like ducking in the bleachers and then the dude marcus cotton is just so crazy he takes off his helmet and he had the dark visor, so the dude was just fucking badass anyway. Takes off his helmet, he got the red do-rag on, takes off his shoulder pads, he got the half shirt, six pack, and he's like, who's shooting up my school? And he's like flexing on people doing a drive-by. Like, how dare you shoot up my school? Then when I catch y'all, I was like, yo, how are you threatening someone with guns? And you take off your padding to threaten people. It was the craziest thing. Then they chilled out for 10 minutes, Finish the game.
2: Yeah. That's that was Valley, Valley High School. School. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I don't, like, <laughs> Grammys, Valley High School, that was some weird shit. That's how we got there. But, yeah, the Grammys, I just, I don't care. Like, I, I think it's it's cool because it's like when you see somebody win, it's like, all right, that's cool. But it, it's, it's not your peers acknowledging you. So it's just some people that you don't know that finally said that you're good enough to get an award. And I think that's kind of whack. So you were a source awards guy back in the day. No, man, fuck them too. I mean, <laughs> listen, man, the source awards, the only source awards I'll ever remember is obviously Snoop Dogg, right? And, yep. you know, <laughs> y'all mess with me, y'all mess with Dre, y'all mess with Death Row. Like, yeah, the Outcast, the South got something to say. That's the only thing I care about. Vibe awards, who got stabbed in the Vibe Awards? Somebody got stabbed. I don't you know, know,
1: someone threw a chair one year. And that yeah, shows like, like the listen, Boondocks.
2: These awards, I don't care about because. The black award shows even the BDT award shows normally they, the only thing that you remember is some random ass performance or a fight so yeah award shows are dumb the american music awards i, I covered those a few years they're okay but I, I just don't care like who remembers like who remembers much of anything who, who won an award like the best your favorite rapper probably hasn't won a bunch of awards.
1: No, my favorite rapper has won one award for best rap album, which is criminal. And that is uh, Jay Z. And that's our next talking point, actually. So Nas wins best rap album. Uh, I don't need to go to all the individual performances and artists and blah, blah, blah. No, please. It's please, about please. Best rap album, right? So he wins for King's Disease this year, um, takes it over D Smokes Black Habits, Alfredo, which I thought was great. Um, Jay Electronica, Written Testimony, whatever, it's a Jay-Z album, and The Allegory. You know, selfishly, I was hoping Royce would win. Getting nominated is cool enough. But Nas wins it. You called this when the nominees came out and we talked about it on the show. It's a Lifetime Achievement Award. Absolutely. For him. But then, looking back, it just becomes, if this is a Lifetime Achievement Award for him, how much does it add to a rapper, specifically rappers, History, how much does it add to the legacy?
2: Zero Macklemore beat Kendrick Lamar. Uh, we can go down the list of rappers that we don't care about that beat a rapper that we do care about. I already have Nas all winning in front is of me. 20. Wait, let's see, Ilmatic came out in 94. That's what almost almost 30 years overdue. Yeah. That, come on, man. Listen, I love King's Disease. I think it was a great album. I think Hit Boy really put his foot in that shit. Was it my favorite album last year? No. But he won, and I don't care. And I'm just like, good. He won. It was a bunch of rap albums that were actually rap albums that were nominated. Happy for that. He gets the award. Great. Does it add anything? No. The music is the only thing that matters to us. So nobody's going to say Nas is better than Jay-Z because Nas got a Grammy. Right? Like, nobody gives a shit. Isn't that serious?
1: No, I mean, again, that is true. But... When you go through, you know, where does this person rank all time? Don't care. Like with Nas. Doesn't add anything no. to his okay. his list for you. Like Grammy Award winning. Like he has a gram.
2: Listen, all right. So we'll talk about we'll compare this to like black cinema. And I will never listen to a white person tell me what the best black movie of all time is. So I'll never listen to a white per a bunch of white people, not just one white person. Cause there's like there's white people that know their music. But I'm not going to listen to an academy full of white people who vote on like country music and probably don't really listen to hip-hop tell me what the best rap album is. I'm not. I'm not going to do it. I've spent too many years watching albums that should have won get raked over the coals and just disappear. So I don't, I don't give a shit. I don't care. But that's like care. saying, does
1: an Oscar add to Denzel's legacy?
2: That's different. Like, Similar. acting is not a... No, no, because acting is not a genre, right? Like, you you don't compare, like, acting is acting. Denzel's been in tons of movies, white people movies, black people movies, all kinds of movies. Rappers rap, and that's a genre that there's going to be a bunch of people that don't listen to rap music voting, excuse me, voting on a rap album. Whereas in acting... You get the screeners, you watch the movie. It's not really a genre. Like Denzel's not in a bunch of black movies, right? He's not, that's not really what happens. And like Moonlight, when it won the Oscar, was a great movie, period. Which is why I'm saying like, I can't never, I can't listen to a bunch of people who don't listen to rap music tell me what the best rapper is. I can't, I can't do it. Macklemore beat Kendrick Lamar. That's What album was that?
1: What album did he beat? Uh, he beat... Good Kid, Mad City, right? Yes.
2: Yes. That's so absurd. I'm looking.
1: I have the list in front of me. Every rap
2: album winner ever is on this list. And wait, before you even go down the list, Nas winning the award wasn't even televised. It was like the pre-show. It was and the pre-show. And <laughs> last year, Tyler, the creator, won. And that shit wasn't really even a rap album. Good for him, but it wasn't really a rap album. And that was televised. You don't know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah, you know, like I worked there. Thing. I I wrote the programs. I, I did the Grammys. I kind of I know the inside how some of this shit works. I don't know what the fuck they're doing. They
1: it's knew pop. what they were doing because they wanted Megan the Stallion to be the one collecting awards for hip hop and not
2: Nas. I so mean, they, look, they knew what they were doing. They they don't because it's it's pop, man. It's pop shit. So, like, go go down the list of rap album of the year. So, I'll give you the first one, 95, um, Naughty by Nature, Poverty's Paradise. Who did Naughty by Nature beat that year?
1: So, you're looking at, let's see if they give me everyone from this year. Um, oh, it's too far back. They won't even expand that. So, 95, though, they beat some heat. I'll tell you that much. Yes.
3: Like, if absurd. you tell me
1: 95, that's not one I'm I'm picking. Um, 96, Cool. The Fugees win for the score.
2: Massive album. Yeah, okay.
1: 97, Puff Daddy and the Family win for No Way Out.
2: 97 is also the year that Life After Death was that 96.
1: 96, I believe. So, Fugees beat some good competition.
2: Mm, Okay. 97, Puff Daddy?
1: Puff Daddy Mm -mm. and the Family. Mm -mm. That's a stretch. Um, 98, Hard Knock Life, Volume 2. Jay-Z's only. Grammy for rap album. If you look at Jay-Z's whole catalog, he only won one. It's kind of ridiculous. 99, some shit in 99 came out. Slim Shady LP wins it. 2000, Marshall Mathers LP wins it. 2001, Stankonia. That's cool. But Outkast first?
2: Stankonia? Dude, okay. Wait, hold hold on. So wow. So yes, the year that Diddy won for No Way Out, Life After Death and Wu Tang Forever were both nominated. And then you had like Wyclef Johns, The Carnival, and Missy Super Duper Fly. Oh, Missy like, should've that. No, Life After Death should have took that. Oh, like okay. The year Life After Death. And the year that well let me see, let me see. Uh, Cause like I am got nominated. Anything else the, is, Nas fun, is like. Huh?
1: Everything else should have won so far, like.
2: Uh, but it's like these are huge selling records. Are they the best rap album of the year? Uh, I don't know about all that. Stankonia was pretty damn big, like I- Stank. good, but the, again, like these are these are big albums. Like but- Stankonia was just a really really big album, and that's yeah. why it won. It wasn't all for the creative. It no. was because it had like Miss Jackson, and it, it was just a yeah. big album
1: jay-z's blueprint should have won in 2001 like it's just it is what it is blueprint was the best album night and then dropped september it was plenty of time that should have here, won
2: here here's what like i'm going down your, i'm looking at the same wikipedia page you're probably looking at 2003 eminem wins for the eminem show yep the nominees Pete pablo Word? <laughs> mystical no tarantula come on man that that's purely off of singles like, this I don't is get bullshit. It. Nelly's Nellyville? Get the fuck out of here. This is yeah. what you can tell white people are dominating these awards. They're like, what's on the radio? Because they're not listening. Like, these this is the time in the early 2000s where underground hip-hop is surging, but it's not making it on the radio. So they're really just looking at radio shit. Like, Outkast wins for the Speaker Box and Love Below. Should have won? Yes. Mm. So Jay-Z's The Blueprint 2 been nominated?
1: No. No. The Roots got a nomination though.
2: Boom. For, for, yeah. Fifty well,
1: get or I trying
2: probably should have won.
1: Even over Speaker Box below.
2: Uh, it's not the better album, but yeah, sure, why not? But it's just like these awards are the white people awards.
1: But Outkast has two, and State at has Speaker Box. That's okay. I mean, not that's the two best albums. No, it's not. Arguably, it's not in their top three albums.
2: It, dude, they're they're on the. Outcast has a classic catalog, but At Aliens, Equemani, uh, and Equemani are by far the three best albums. I right. like Stankoia a lot, but it doesn't touch those three albums. But that's the one that wins. Look, Ludacris won in two thousand seven for Release Therapy. You know who he beat? Lube Fiasco's Food and Liquor. Get the fuck out of here. That's
1: that's fucking criminal. I'm just <laughs> and The Roots' Game Theory was so fucking
2: dope. So ultimately, these awards are just a bunch of some things that white people say. Well, what's the biggest hit on the radio? And they, I don't think they really consume what these albums really are and what they mean to us as a community. They just go, "Well, what what can I dance to at the club?" Especially they won 2000s. three
1: in a row, like three albums in a row.
2: And again, Kanye not- was the, like one of the biggest artists, period. Not just rap artists. he was just huge. He was everywhere. So he wins that. So when you look at Nas in 2021, winning an award finally for King's Disease, which Illmatic was his best album of all time, but that wasn't gonna win anything. So why should I care? This doesn't, like who goes, like when we finally go down this top five list, the greatest rappers of all time, When whenever it's never gonna be all said and done, but when we're far enough removed where there's a whole generation of children, which we're getting close to, who never heard of Biggie and Tupac album, right? It's it's just, we're getting to that that point where it's like, I'm 20 years old and I never heard of Biggie album. Yep. But when we get there, how many people are going to go, well, you know who won the Grammy? Like, nobody gives a fuck. No, our culture doesn't give a fuck like that. It doesn't matter. I don't care about these awards. They're cool, but they, yeah, they, they don't indicate who the best rapper of all time. Kanye got
1: four. Know. That's pretty fucking tough.
2: Yeah, but what what does it mean? Like Kanye has four Grammy Awards for his albums for best rap album. He never won album of the year. And which no, my
1: beautiful dark twisted fantasy was probably as close as he, he should have gotten to that. Probably should have took it that year. I'd have to see who else was there.
2: Yeah, but it's like a rap out has rap out never won album of the year? I don't think so. I don't think so.
1: Um, I mean, do you count a rap album or the rap album of the year? Because you'd have no, to count the al- Lauren Hill. Album
2: of the year. Album of the year.
1: Lauren Hill would be it,
2: right? She won Album of the Year that year?
1: Yeah, for um, you know, the fucking Lauren Hill album. I don't know why I'm spazzing on it right miseducation now. Of miseducation. Miseducation. Um, because I'm typing. But uh, yeah, no, it's, of course, she won everything that year. I'll find the full list, but like I don't know who else qualifies for that. That's not an award for us. Not no, until hip hop went pop, you know. Like now, maybe it could it could happen.
2: I again, I just don't care. Like I, I don't care. We're in a in a place now where I can't concern myself any longer with what a bunch of white people who don't listen to our music or who don't care about our culture think about our culture during award season. I just don't give a shit anymore. They've spent too much time writing our history books. They spent too much time dictating what our music is. Like I had, I did an interview with my man, Justin Hunt, Hunt about Kendrick's uh, The of Butterfly. We talked about my book and I was explaining to him how much I just don't give a shit what a certain segment of white America thinks about us. Because you'll never tell me that the best movie of 1988, 89 was Do the Right Thing. You can't convince me that there was another movie that was better than that. You can't convince me that Denzel Washington didn't win Best Actor for Malcolm X. And he lost to uh, Al Pacino for Scent of War, which was a fantastic performance. But you can't tell me that. But I understand why white people do what they do. Because they relate to it. But until we have more black people or people of color in general in the academy and in these voting, uh, like the, this country is a melting pot. And this country is a very diverse country that's not a majority white people. So why should I listen to a majority white uh, group of white people that vote on these awards, tell me what's dope? I don't, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. We're in the social media era. We're in an era where you can find the information that you want. We're in the era that we all have a voice, good and bad, so I'm going to go off of what I like, and especially at this point in my career and in my life, if I'm not part of the movement that's trying to change the academy and trying to change the voting process or trying to change the movies that we see or trying to change the color of people that we see at MMA and boxing in the media, then I don't know what the fuck I'm doing here. But I, I just can't accept and put any credence on a bunch of people who don't live my life, don't know my experience, telling me what my experience should be. Fuck that.
1: That's fair. Listen, I can't. No one could debate that. Lauryn Hill won in 99, by the way. Good, but it wasn't, it wasn't a rap album.
2: Uh, no, it had some rapping on it. Like, yeah, No, of course. It had rapping on it. Like we all know. It was a phenomenal album. But it was easy uh, to digest for yeah. people
1: who don't listen to
2: rap music.
1: Stankonia was nominated in its year. Lost to Oh Brother, Where Art Thou Soundtrack. India Irie was also nominated. She came in second that year.
2: Which is which is crazy. I mean, India Ree lost to Alicia Keys. Oh, oh Outcast
1: won. Yeah. Album of the year. Speaker box, speaker love box below. below. Yeah. That's also not a tradition. They did not win for big boys section of album. How about I say that?
2: Yes, exactly. And like and again, Kendrick did he lost to Butterfly lost to Taylor Swift that year. And I can understand why. Taylor Swift had a big album for a bunch of people. Butterfly was an album that was very segmented. And, you know, historically, it'll probably go down as a better album. But at that time, it's what white people wanted to hear.
1: 2005, Ray Charles won? Ray Charles won album of the year. Genius Loves Company. In 2005, he beat Green Day's American Idiot, Kanye's College Dropout, Usher's Confessions, and Alicia Keys' diary, Alicia Keys. I'm not sure... Anyone under 50 voted that.
2: <laughs> but that's that's what I'm saying. The yeah, Academy it's... isn't made up of people of color. It's not made up of young people. It's made up of, I mean, I guess you could call them music snobs. I don't know what you call them. But if you, like, people are human. It's just like judging and boxing and judging and anything. People are human. You're going to have a bias, right? Like, you're going to go into these awards and go, I don't really listen to rap music, so here's Taylor Swift. Yeah, I'm going to vote for her. Mm. Or I'm not, I don't really listen to metal, so I'm not going to vote for this. Or I don't really listen to pop so i'm not gonna vote for this so if the the makeup of the voters are a group of people who don't traditionally listen to a certain kind of music it's gonna be really hard for that album to win
1: yeah i mean adele won one year it's been a second since like a hip-hop album is actually i mean kendrick good kid mad city nominated nope didn't win he's been nominated twice for album of the year though that's pretty damn good
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, like, Jay-Z... Beyonce
1: lost to Beck? Yeah. What the fuck is going on here? I've never paid this close attention. So, like, I am in shock right now. Taylor Swift won for 1989. I can't, like, front on that. And that year, like, To Bimper Butterfly was the joint. So at least he lost to Taylor's best album.
2: Dude, again, I understand. I just don't care. It's not my album of the year. It's not a bunch, it's not me and you voting for this shit. It's nah. people that, you
1: know. Kendrick lost to Bruno Mars, 24 Karat. Magic. Which, what, what? That was damn. 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 Yeah. Um, Gambino was in the running for Awaken My Love for album of the year. Jay Z, 444, and Lord's album. Plus, damn. Lost to Bruno Mars. I'm not a Bruno Mars fan at all. I know people like would crush me for that. I'm not a Bruno Mars fan at all. So when I see that, I'm like, eh. But he had the radio hits.
2: Yeah, look, I dig Bruno Mars. I like Bruno Mars a lot, actually. But did he have the album of the year? Like, am I gonna go back and listen to Twenty Four Karat Magic? No. There's no stickiness to it, right? To that particular album. (laughs) Can't believe he wrote about beer beer bongs and Bentleys. I did. That was that was the shit. And, and look how big post
1: Malone is. And they had the Black Panther soundtrack on there. But no, yeah. let's give you beer bogs of
2: Bentley. Yeah, they, they was like, hey Andreas, uh, you ready to do your uh your bio for the program? It's <laughs> like, yeah, which, what am I gonna get this year? And I'm looking at the list and they're like, post Malone. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. All right, just cut me my check, man. Like, I ain't gotta put a lot of work into this, so they asked me if I wanted to do a, another oral history. I was like, on that? No, absolutely not. I'm good.
1: Yeah, fucking hers hit the ground running, though. Two out of three albums nominated for album of the year.
2: She's incredible. She's yeah. everything Alicia Keys wishes she was. <laughs> That's spicy. <laughs> I'm, Spice, I'm dead ass. Spicy talk right there. All better right. songwriter, better singer. Um, the only thing Alicia Keys does better than most is play the hell out of the piano. Yeah, damn. Um, and then
1: the last thing before we start talking boxing UFC, Beyonce broke the record. Most Grammys ever. Male or woman. 28th yeah. Grammy this year.
2: Okay. Cool. I'm I'm happy for her. Good. I'm glad a black woman has Don't broken the shit record. To you. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it, just, shit to you. It, it really doesn't. Like, I'm I'm just saying, like, I'm not a big Beyonce fan like that. I get what she means to a bunch of other people, but yeah, but twenty eight and no albums of the year kind of feels shitty for me again. Right, she's winning awards for Destiny's Child. She she's winning for awards for like R and B soul album for the yeah. of the year. She's not winning the best album of the year. Yeah, and she's between her and Taylor Swift, they're the two biggest
1: stars in music. There's really no reason for Taylor to have three and Beyonce to have none. Taylor won again this year. It's her third album of the year. Beyonce yeah, I mean, has zero, and I'm not a Beyonce fan at all but that kind of seems a little ridiculous
2: I mean I'll go down like a lot of the albums that I like like you know Rihanna didn't win a Grammy for her best album like some of the best albums just don't win I don't I don't care 28 Gram like it's like winning um damn this is gonna sound very disrespectful but I don't mean it in this manner uh but it's like Beyonce like she has 28 Grammys but it's like she won the NIT tournament 28 times <laughs> it's true because she didn't win the big one she's just yeah. got the most appearance like you got a ton of you know nc march madness tournament appearances but you didn't win the big one well who gives a shit i want to win the big one
1: yeah she she's with her she's kansas she's just winning her conference tournament every year
2: yeah and now, now go to bringing the home march madness <laughs> yeah, yeah you go to the final four every year and then you lose but the only difference is it's like in basketball you lose because you play and so a team is better than you in the grammys it, you don't you lose because somebody didn't like you, somebody likes somebody else better, so that's a, that's the trash part about it. So no, that's Grammys, true.
1: and I'm sure a lot of the voters relate more to Taylor Swift than they do to,
2: of course,
1: even a Beyonce.
2: Of course, I mean you know good thing is we got to see you know, Megan Thee Stallion show her ass like literally literally at the Grammys, but it makes me you know they railroaded Janet Jackson like damn near two decades ago for you know doing a thing, and it's like... Sir, she showed the nipple. She showed the nipple at the Super Bowl, and Justin Timberlake flashed that nipple. Flip the script real quick. (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously, flip the script. Imagine if it was Usher and and Taylor Swift, and Usher revealed Taylor Swift's boob on national television. They would have crushed Usher. They would have said, oh, why would you do that to that innocent girl? Flip the script, Justin Timberlake, Janet Jackson... Oh, Justin, we feel so bad for you. Why would you allow Janet to force you to reveal her nipple? It's bullshit. <laughs> it's bullshit. That's what it is. Well, I mean, there's circumstance. Like, I
1: get it, but Janet had, like, a nipple ring. It's not like it was a wholesome titty that came out of there. Like, I'm just saying. It was like, a very, like, edgy titty. So, like, it was easy Justin, to paint hers to heel.
2: Dog, Justin walked away scot-free. He's the one who pulled the titty out. It wasn't like the titty just fell out. The titty was revealed by Justin Timberlake, and nobody said nothing. Like, because it was like Justin knew what he was doing. It was like surprise titty. No, he knew. He pulled it out. And nobody gave him any heat. Janet Jackson got all the heat for that Super Bowl titty. It's
1: crazy. She really did. I mean, it's her titty, but I get it. No, I get it. It's a losing argument on my part. He should have gotten some heat from that. Chris Brown will pull out the titty. We would never see Chris Brown again.
2: Yeah, no. Chris Brown pulls out Taylor Swift's titty, he going to jail. That's, that is it for Chris Brown. You could not over. pull out Taylor Swift. Bieber, like, you already done beat up Rihanna? It's
3: maybe yeah,
2: Bieber like, could pull out the titty. Bieber could. If Bieber pulled out Beyonce's titty, Beyonce would go to jail they would say why would you corrupt Justin Bieber like that. It's Bieber's out there.
1: Me. We would appreciate you pulling out Rihanna's titty. You know, if you got to pull out a titty just pull it out. You'll be fine, Bieber, if we if we're making requests. But uh you're you're right. So it's award seasons always weird and uh we always got to talk about it though. More less over the past couple of years cuz yeah, you've really focused in on your craft and you know, less Grammy coverage for you. Uh, you didn't go to Sundance last year because of Rona,
2: but you know. No, no. Last year I didn't go to Sundance because I was at the goddamn Super Bowl. <laughs> like I was in oh, that yeah. year. I was in Miami. I was working. That's the only reason I didn't go to Sundance. Sundance was- is probably your favorite. Sundance doesn't count as an award show to you, right? Sun- no, not at all. Not, I mean, is- there's no. Award. There is an awards. There are awards, so. but I'm gone by the time they do the awards. Like I've oh. watched all my movies and I'm out. Between Sundance and Comic Con, are the two my two favorite things that I've ever done in my career. And it's like, and all those that over are- mania or we're not counting mania. No, nah, we're not going to count. Mania. Okay. Mania, mania is just really like many. Okay. So Sundance comic-con and WrestleMania weekend are three things that I would do as a fan. Like if I didn't work, I would just really enjoy them. I'm a big movie guy. So Sundance seeing movies before everybody else is incredible. WrestleMania is really fun, but I think it's, it's, you gotta experience it with friends. As I've gotten older, it's like you can't like you can't go to WrestleMania you can buy it yourself. No. It sucks. Um, but like Comic Con, oh man, I love Comic Con. The nerd to me, and like buying shit and still never medicine. been. Oh. We got to do that, and then like a vineyard trip, like in one trip. Yeah, well, shit. This this is what we do. Like, look, man, y'all <laughs> listening to the show and really wants to buy some MMA. Sucks to be you because you got to listen to shit. But anyway every year when I did Comic-Con because my father lives in Temecula and me and my wife and, you know, maybe we'll take the kids, Whoever I took my, like my nephew's fucking spoiled. He got to go to Comic-Con and he was like 12. <laughs> but, uh, we would, we would drive from Vegas to San Diego, but we stayed with my pops in Pechanga and it's a casino resort in Temecula, which is like about an hour away from San Diego. So I go to Comic-Con, and then I come back and then go hit the wineries. And I do this for a week. And then we do our brunch on Sunday, which is the last day of Comic-Con, and we drive home. I did it for like five years straight. It is the greatest thing ever. Like, nerd shit, comic books, games, toys, video games, uh, the occasional movie. Like, man, I got my beard trimmed at a, on a pirate ship at Comic-Con. That was incredible. <laughs> they, did, dog, they did an Assassin's Creed event. And they put us on a damn pirate ship. It was so dope. And then it was like, all right do you want to get your beard done?" And I was like, "Fuck it, why not?" Got my beard done on a pirate ship. Comic Con is incredible. i'm yeah, like Captain Hook, the guy was probably talking like shmee. Yeah, I got some pictures of it somewhere. But but then I was, <laughs> uh, you know, I drive home. It would be dumb late, and I have to like take a five hour energy. And I I drive back to uh, where my pops was at. My wife would be there. She'd be hanging out and then we go hit a winery in the morning, and then we go do Comic-Con again. I go do Comic-Con because she doesn't give a shit about any of this, yeah. and I go do Comic-Con all over again. Do my interviews, and then come back, hit another winery, hit brunch, back to Vegas. Did it like, yeah, like five years straight. The Rona's ruined everything. Yeah. I hate think a brunch. Yo, you haven't been out to brunch in like a year. That's- no, no, I have been to brunch. I went to brunch for my birthday. The honey salt, which is a down the street from my house. Oh, it's an amazing I mean, it's like brunch. Bomb. Yeah. Yeah. So I did that brunch and, uh, yeah. Me and my wife are talking about it today. It's like, damn, man, like it's been a year. Like we do brunch at least like four times a month. <laughs> at least, <laughs> at least. Minimum. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The brunches at your crib is exact Any get together, be were killing us tonight. Get to the next segment. But I want to let you guys know any get together at Dre's crib no matter what it is, no matter what the theme is, because, yes, they have themes, no matter what the occasion, there's always, always, always bottles of champagne there,
2: just in case Dre wants a mimosa. Yeah. yeah, It doesn't matter what time of the day. Look, the (laughs) night before last, me and my wife drank a bottle of Moet while watching the rest of WandaVision. This morning, I had a bottle of champagne. I had peach Bellini's. And then if y'all listen to the New Day podcast, You should listen listen to each episode because it was about brunch. So me, Kofi Woods, and E have been texting about how amazing brunch is. And then Kofi didn't know about the girl who said that brunch is only for women and not for men. (laughs) Kofi lost his mind over this shit. He he couldn't believe that somebody would tell him that he couldn't enjoy brunch. So we've we've made a pact that the next time that we're all together, once it's Rona free, we're going to do like...
0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
2: A New Day brunch, and then we bring all the homies together and we do brunch. But they spent the first half of the New Day podcast talking about brunch and like Zillow. And I was like, I'm so proud of you guys. So washed. <laughs> Straight out of your playbook right there. Exactly. <laughs> like You know, he, he had texted me after he was like, I think you're going to appreciate the next episode. And I was like, oh, for real? I had no idea what he was talking about. And I listened. And I was like, brunch? I'll text the guy. I was like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. this is the quality i came for yeah this is this is content fuck all that wrestling shit let's talk about brunch.
1: (laughs) all right we're gonna take a break so we can come back and talk about combat sports boxing and mba hopefully you guys enjoyed this segment don't go anywhere
2: we'll be back with actual the economy is made up of real people doing real stuff and it affects everything which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts.
4: For the one standing guard. For the eagle-eyed. For the knights in shining armor. And for all those who support them, we are Granger, your experienced safety partner, offering supplies and solutions for every industry, committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call slash safety or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. That's sports.
1: all right we are back i did not get a mimosa during the break i don't have champagne on deck i wish i did i really need to change things i need adult more uh i gotta get gotta get on dre's level where you just pull a bottle of champagne out of thin air
2: i'm drinking a green apple crown royal and cherry doctor doctor right now it's amazing a bottle of champagne this is what i do
1: that crown goes with anything though the green apple crown like Ginger ale, delicious. You can make Washington apples with the cranberry juice.
2: Listen, 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 listen. If you have a Costco membership, this is Wash Life. If you have a Costco membership, and people go, why I need a Costco membership? They just sell shit in bulk. Yeah, but they got other shit. They got like a gallon of green apple crown roll for like 40 bucks. And I buy this shit like every two weeks. And I just burn through it because it's incredible. There's, it's there's so good. Co- it's, you can mix with anything, but listen: green apple crown royal and diet Dr Pepper and diet because you know no carbs, whatever. But it's amazing. It's it's fantastic and <laughs> it's lit. So yeah, drink that.
1: <laughs> gonna catch Dre. Whatever the road is over at his first event with a gallon jug of green apple.
2: No, nah, because then people are gonna ask celebrating. To have some? Yes, <laughs> I can't have none. I don't share. I'm not gonna you... share
1: damn shame when you can't share a gallon <laughs> of liquor um <laughs> uh, let's talk about the fights on this past weekend starting it off i chose to start off with the fights on the zone and that's because man i really enjoyed this slate of fights um whether it was from the opening fight which was the young kid ford who actually got tested i thought it was going to be a showcase fight for him
2: yeah we all everybody did raymond ford he looked like you know people Treat him like he was uh, a top prospect and he got in there tough and ended with a draw.
1: Yeah, that was a a kind draw. But I mean, it was one hell of a fight. So I like to see these young guys get tested, actually. I want to see what they have. Even if they're gifted the draw or like it's a very lenient draw, like I don't need to see them lose, but I want to see them tested.
2: Yeah, so and, and good I fight mean, for him. It was good. Like the funny thing is, watching that fight, um, Raymond Ford's talented. The problem is, is like some. There's a thing with a lot of these boxers; they get too cute in the ring. And what he did, he just got too cute. Listen, man, you got a few rounds you need to win. That's why when you early in a lot of fighters' career, you'll see like a draw, and you'll be like, "What happened?" Or like an early loss. Like, what happened? They were bullshitting. That's what happened. They fought a guy; they didn't have enough rounds, and judges. Like, especially with this fight in Texas, this car in Texas, he's just trash. But this is valued, always a
1: little weird, man.
2: It is. It's Texas. I mean, they, they don't give a fuck about mass. What's wrong with them? But there's always those cars. It's just like they value the aggressor. And a lot of these people who aren't boxers and are brawlers will just be super aggressive. And they'll just take rounds from a young fighter. And Raymond Ford learned the lesson the hard way that he was like, oh, shit, I thought I won. Yeah, we thought you won too, but you got to go out there and blow people out. You can't smile and do all this. Shit. You just got to fight. Some guys yeah. just want to fight.
1: So that was a good opener, though, but the co-main in the main is where it was at. And in the co-main, Jessica McCaskill versus Cecilia Breckos part two, running it back for the undisputed crown at welterweight. And this one wasn't even like the first one. Like McCaskill came out from jump and it looked like she was trying to take Cecilia's head off. She wasn't playing just, I feel like if there were three minute rounds, she would have stopped McCaskill. She, or excuse me, she would have stopped Cecilia. Cecilia was hurt in the first, really hurt in the second, and then kind of kept surviving at the bell for the first two or three rounds. And then kind of started to come on jessica started to not have the energy level the same and it went to decision which jessica swept on the cards
2: all right so a couple of things one if there were three minute rounds mccaskill wouldn't have fought like this that's that's for starters because women's boxing is a sprint and unfortunately when like cecilia breakups is a better technical fighter but you have to get into a rhythm and McCaskill's just like, I got two minutes. So for these 120 seconds, I'm just going to go balls to the wall. And that, cause there's not another minute where I could be tired. So that, it makes it difficult for a technical boxer to do well. Like if you look at the Katie Taylor, Delphine Persoon fights, it was kind of the same thing. Like Delphine Persoon was like super aggressive and Katie was like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> like back up. And then by, by the time there's like, you know, the first minute goes by, you're trying to fight yourself back into the round Breakus was in that same spot. McCaskill had the perfect game plan. Uh, Rick Ramos, her trainer, just was all about cardio and all about pressure. And that's how you're going to win these fights. It was all about pressure. The scorecards were kind of ridiculous. And it was a sign of, like, from the Ray 4 fight beyond, these scorecards were trash.
1: Yeah, we, we saw the writing on the wall. I mean, yeah. it was 110 to 89 without a knockdown.
2: That's stupid. There's no way. Breakus at least won three rounds. At least. Minimum.
1: Yeah, like, I I feel like, I don't know, Jessica came back nicely at the end, but maybe rounds five, six, and seven were definitely Cecilia rounds. There was a point where Jessica hit the wall, kind of, you know, like, and she had to gain some energy back, because she just couldn't keep that pace.
2: I mean, the right woman won. The scorecards were just atrocious. So, but it was a sign of things to come, and it's Texas, so. If you're from Texas, you listen to this show. Two things. Uh, one, Whataburger's trash. Yeah, I said it. Again, again. I'm never going to stop. <laughs> again. And two, y'all got to get y'all shit together, man. I don't know what y'all be doing out there. Get it together.
1: The Whataburger slander gets people every time. Every good. time. And while you know, we're I'm at bad. it, Zaxby's isn't good either.
2: Mm, I can't For say at no my news. Atlanta people. have not that good. Raising Cane's is better. Raising Cane's is legit, but it's just Whataburger. Listen, man, I've had McDonald's. Wendy's is better than Whataburger. Wendy's has a better chicken sandwich than most people. If you want to be keeping hundred, but y'all be over here talking about Whataburger. Sorry, bro. Yes. Nah, I am.
1: That shit was horrible.
2: People mm, do that shit. Yeah, anyway.
1: do some campaign on Facebook to bring one to Vegas. Get that shit out of all, all yeah. this stuff. Give me a Waffle House, please. Like, don't. If we're starting a campaign, I don't yeah. even like. Like, give me something I could use.
2: Yeah, because, you know, even though I don't go outside, like I can only eat so much Roberto's in Vegas after I go out after midnight. Give me a Waffle House so I can go in there and trash your establishment and eat your cheap-ass waffles <laughs> and whatever else. Do you know how long food.
1: that line would be?
2: It'd be absurd. Like, there's Chick-fil- they opened a Chick-fil-A by my crib, and it the line is stupid. Between that and In-N-Out, the line is stupid all the time. And I'm like, have y'all never had this shit before? Apparently not crazy and then um (laughs) i lost
1: track okay so what's next for jessica mccaskill we have she's 36 cecilia is 38 about to be 39 so jessica got a late start only 11 fights in her career and she's 36 but she seems keen like she she wants to go for the gustos the big fights i mean women should get paid more in boxing but for what they do get paid it's time to go out there and get the money Especially when you're champ. I think she should fight Katie Taylor next if Taylor doesn't get the Serrano fight. Because
2: yeah, I mean, that's a rematch. McCaskill yeah. lost Katie Taylor. So they, they should Handily. run it back.
1: They should run it back. Katie would be moving up to her, even though they're the same size pretty damn much. And Jessica try to get that back. And then Katie can try to skip the line and get all the belts at 147. The winner of that, I think, would be pretty in line to see if uh, if you can get Clarissa Shields to cut the seven pounds.
2: Clarissa ain't cutting the seven pounds.
1: Clarissa's cutting the seven pounds. If she gets a mill, she's cutting the seven pounds.
2: If she gets the mill. But uh, but that's the fight to make. I mean, I don't know where, where Cecilia goes from here. She's 39 now. And McCaskill, she's only had a few fights, but she is the undisputed women's welterweight champion. She also now has the Ring Magazine title as well. So it's, it's like... What else can't you do? The biggest fight she can have is Katie Taylor. And if Katie doesn't fight Amanda, that's the fight to make. Because you're probably making you know, closer to a million fighting Katie Taylor in, in Ireland or in Europe than you would fighting somebody in the States for like $80,000. So yep. that's the way to go.
1: No, I agree. Stay away from Serrano, though. Serrano Serrano knocks out Katie Taylor. She knocks out damn near everyone
2: outside of Clarissa Shield. I don't know if she knocks out Katie, but it's a hell of a fight.
1: Oh, Kate, Katie gets hit way too much. And my, Amanda's hands are just crazy powerful. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. Yeah, I can't. I would rather see that. But uh, Katie, Jessica's, like you said, good fight, good money fight. Katie has a huge following. If we get that post-Rona stuff opens up, they're they're printing money with that one um, in Live Gate, And then the main event... Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez versus uh, Estrada, Juan Estrada, two. And this one was everything we thought it was going to be. 2,500 plus punches thrown in this fight.
2: I don't even know where we start. Like, one, if you're a boxer fan and you didn't watch this fight, fix that. There's no reason you should have missed this oh, fight. Yeah. It's on demand. Just get the trial of DAZN just for yeah. this fight. Do something. Just watch this fight, because when they announced the fight, eight years in the making, one of the longest uh, time frames in between a rematch. But when they announced it, everybody knew, oh, this is going to be a fucking war. The question was whether Chocolatito was still the same guy, despite losing the two fights to Storm Visai, or was Estrada that much far ahead of him. And Estrada entered the fight, dan- closed the fight, damn near as a two-to-one favorite. Then the fight happened. These guys are made for each other. This was, I think I said it, it's like these are like the Marco Antonio Barrera, Eric Morales of the super flyweights. Yep. There's just no way this fight was not going to be good. And it was excellent. It was an excellent fight. To, to over 2,000 punches thrown? They just didn't stop. And yeah, they're destined to do it again. Then we had the decision. I don't. I don't know what to say about this.
1: By the way, it's the second longest gap between world title fights. Shout out to Stats and Info at ESPN. Second ever longest gap. Three thousand forty-six total days between the fights.
2: What, what's number one?
1: Oh, now you're gonna make me dig through the Sig document. Huh? Yeah,
2: if you're gonna bring up that shit, up- <laughs>
1: <laughs> I gotta go through the entire document. I will find that for you next. So the decision. I feel like, oh my God, it's going to make me side all the way into my thing. I fucking hate this. Uh, I feel like one, Texas is going to Texas and just telling me that there's going to be an investigation on the judge does nothing for me. That's what the WBA did today. It's like, okay, thanks. Like, what am I supposed to say to that? It, I want to say, I can't say that the judge should have, a different judge might have called it a draw. Maybe it would have ended in a complete draw. But 117-111 for Estrada in a fight where 90% of people saw it for Chocolatito is ridiculous.
2: I scored it a draw. I thought it was even. And with that being said, it was either a draw or 115-113 one way or the other. 117, 111, That's stupid. That's that's why people vote for the best rap album. Like, what the fuck is that? That this like how man, was Adelaide Bird in the building? <laughs> CJ Ross? Like who? How? How? This was a war between two fighters when and every time it felt like one of them was getting in the upper hand, the other one would come back. Estrada tried to counterpunch, he fought off his back foot. Chocolatito would have these incredible surges. Estrada tried to work the body. It was just so much back and forth. 117, 111? That's how you take a scorecard. And here's what sucks. Chocolatito's been in a ton of wars. Yep. And when, if and when this rematch happens, he's not going to be better than he was tonight. I don't think. He's on the back end of his career. Whereas is still relatively young. He's only 30. So when they meet again, it's kind of like Canelo fighting Triple G where the, the the guy who probably should have won is now older and the younger fighter has a distinct advantage in age and could just beat him again. Yeah, he already has the size advantage. Right. So it sucks for that because, yeah, we should get the rematch. But Soren Visai, is the, uh, he's the mandatory for Estrada's, I believe, the WBC title. So that fight seems like it'll happen next. And then Chocolatito's got to wait. And he's just got to get older. This doesn't mean he can't win. I'm just saying that history tells us that the older fighter that comes around for these fights, unless your name is Floyd Mayweather, you're probably not going to win. This was the best that he had to offer. And that sucks. That 117-111? But listen,
1: I want to see it again. So this is how we get it again, then. Cool, cool by me. But uh, to answer your question, now that I dug through this SIG document, it is Sakharin versus Tabanas. Longest gap between world title fight rematches. Nine years and 105 days wow. in between rematches. Third on that list, oddly enough, Thomas Hearns versus Sugar Ray Leonard. Yeah. Seven years, like 269 days. And then the Roman, um, Gonzalez, Juan Estrada fight was eight years, one hundred twenty-four days.
2: Speaking of, because we didn't do it before the segment started, uh, Marvelous Mar- Marvin Hagler passed away. Oh yes, and that kind of it was kind of shocking. Uh, I can kind of talk about where I was at. Uh, me, Biggie, and Johnny Davenport were just had and we did an interview uh, together. One of the few interviews that we've done together, which we'll probably do a bunch more. And as we're enjoying our interview and we're done with our interview, I get the message that Hagler has passed. And it immediately hit me because I was like, so going back a little bit at Sporting News, we like we're under new ownership. And all of the editors got a chance to pick their favorite cover and have it framed and sent to them and sporting news hasn't had a lot of boxing covers which I found out going through our archives which was I was like damn really so the two covers that we had were Sugar Ray Leonard and Marvin Hagler and our deputy editor asked me he's like oh you want a Sugar Ray Leonard cover I was like no I don't I want Marvin Hagler and I I got a Marvin Hagler piece framed and sent to me it's going to be put on my wall in my office shortly Marvin Hagler was Arguably the greatest middleweight of all time. He's absolutely one of the greatest fighters of all time. Um, and the man was a man of principle and he was a workhorse. Obviously, everybody points to the Tommy Hearns Hagler fight, which was for a lot of people the greatest round in boxing history. Yep. That first round, just two guys just beating the brakes off each other. And it's funny because they talk about those first round, but then two rounds after it were just as bananas. But then you like Hagler was a guy who didn't have the fanfare of a Ray Leonard, didn't have, you know, Emmanuel Stewart like Tommy Hearns did. He just really grinded and just beat the shit out of people. and was like a lifelong middleweight who pummeled so many damn people. And it was like, the fact that he passed away and he's only 66 and he lived in Italy where he moved to marry his second wife and he just kind of left the boxing. Like he was like, yo, I'm going to... I want to fight Ray Leonard again when he lost a very disputed decision to Sugar Ray Leonard 87. I remember watching this as a kid. And even as a kid, I was like, I thought the ball guy won. And it, as an adult, I still think Ray Leonard lost that fight. But you look like, and he retired. He couldn't get that rematch. And he wasn't one of those guys who was like, "Yo, I'm going to keep fighting. And eventually Ray Leonard will come back and fight me. No, nah, he was like, I'm going to fight him or not. And Ray Leonard said, no. And Marvin Hagler said, fuck it. And he retired, moved to fucking Italy.
1: But so I watched that fight not too long ago. And it's true.
2: Hagler won that fight. He did. Ray Leonard tried to steal rounds late trying to shoe shine Hagler, but for the most part, Hagler was the aggressor. He was the pressure fighter. He landed the bigger shots. And Ray Leonard, he, he had his spurts, but I, I won't call it a robbery because it was close, but I thought Hagler won. And it would have changed everything for Marvin Hagler. We wouldn't be talking about maybe he's one of the best fighters of all time. We would be talking about where his rank is in the top 10 fighters in boxing history, if he would have beat Ray Leonard that night. Because he would have still been fighting. He beat Roberto Duran, He beat Thomas Hearns. He beat Ray Leonard too? That's nuts. He would have conquered all of the Kings. And you would
1: have got a good wave of like that next wave of middleweights for him to fight too. He might have been around long enough to get a young De La Hoya.
2: No, he wouldn't stay around that long. I don't think so. 93,
1: 94? Oh, Delaware wasn't that
2: big yet. Like after you beat Mugabe, he fought Ray Leonard, and if he would have beat Ray Leonard, it probably would have been a rematch. And if you would have beat him again after that, I don't think there was much more for him to do. He wouldn't have hung around that long. I really think that he would have. Uh, he would have retired before that wave of middleweights with Bernard Hopkins and everybody else. Like he would have. He would have been gone by then. But Hagler, man. That's that just that dude was incredible. No, Ray it, Leonard was it,
1: around for a long time during those guys' run.
2: Yeah, but he was washed.
1: He was washed. I'm just saying he was around.
2: Like when he fought Thomas Hearns, I remember watching that fight as a kid. Like the rematch, my pops ordered that shit, and I remember <laughs> watching it, and I was like, "Oh man, it's Hagler without the curl." Like he was like Ice Cube. Like once he lost the hair, it was over. And Ray Leonard was all watched. I believe he had lost to Michael Nunn before that. Yeah. And I was just like, I can't watch this shit. And then I watched Ray Leonard fight Macho Cabacho and get his brains beat in. And I was just like, nah. Hagler, I don't think he was stuck around that long. Hagler wasn't here for the fanfare. He was the true blue-collar boxer that was here to get the job done and go home. He wasn't here for your interviews. He wasn't here for your Pepsi commercials. He didn't give a shit about none of that. He was trying to get the job done. So rest in peace the marvelous one, Marvin Hagler.
1: Yes, greatest middleweight of all time.
2: Yeah.
1: Hands hands down. And we're listen, Canelo, I guess, now is gonna make his real run as super middleweight. But even then, I I can't think of another middleweight since that is really even challenged for the crowd.
2: I mean it's Bernard Hopkins. Bernard Hopkins was That's a,
1: a that's a yeah, that's an effort and longevity.
2: Yeah, but Bernard, Bernard Hopkins, Gennady Golovkin were two excellent middleweights who had incredible title defenses, but Hagler was the man.
1: I couldn't agree more. And then the other fight from Saturday, we had David Benavidez doing David Benavidez
2: things. Hey, I, I keep telling y'all, man, that man is a problem.
1: He got hit early, though. Yeah, he it, took was- him, it took him a couple rounds to figure it out. He's put put against the ropes a little. It looked a little too... Round one, he came off nice, but like two, three, and four, it was like, ah, and then he just went into ass him
2: more. Dude, David Benavidez is 24 years old, and it feels like he's been around like he should be 30. He's not even close to his boxing prime yet. And Man. again, like I remember interviewing when I did the documentary on Gennady Golovkin, I was talking to Abel Sanchez about who is next, and he was like, I got this. I think he was 17 at the time, maybe 16. There's a 16-year-old kid that sparted with Gennady named David David Benavidez. And I was like, What? He was like, He took everything Gennady threw at him. I was like, Get the fuck out of here. 16-year-old kid. He was like, Yeah, he was a fat kid. He slimmed down, and he's gonna be a problem <laughs> when he turns pro. And now we fast forward, he's 24, he throws punches and bunches. He's a big dude, he's a big, pretty big puncher in volume. He is a recipe for disaster for a lot. I, I don't think another 68 pounder can beat him aside from Canelo. Yeah. And that Canelo fight he's to me, he's the one that
1: can draw a war out of Canelo again. I'm not sure yeah. if anyone can get the triple G side of Canelo out of him, except for Benavidez. Like, I, I think him and plant is a chess match. Canelo does enough to beat him. Which it won't, I don't think that'll be as easy as some other Canelo fights, but I, I think Canelo wins that chess match. I think he starches Saunders. And then we look at it and it's like, yeah, Benavidez, it, it's not going to be pretty. That heaven movement shit, the game plan, I think he's going to get Canelo to fight and just stand there,
2: just feet in the middle of the ring. Let's throw him. I mean, here's the rule, man. You're never going to beat Canelo in a boxing match. And if you watch Canelo fight, especially, like, look at the Callum Smith fight. Callum Smith is a really good fighter. People tried to make it seem like Callum Smith was trash, but he wasn't. But what Canelo does better than anybody else is he's better than you at your craft. And in doing so, he makes you freeze because you have to think about what you're doing. Daniel Jacobs, uh, Callum Smith, everybody outside of Triple G and Floyd Mayweather have been a problem, have, have, couldn't deal with Canelo's upper body movement and his boxing ability is counter counterpunching. The only way that you can beat Canelo Alvarez is to try to outwork him. And in order to do that, you have to say, I don't give a fuck. And you have to have a chin that says, I don't give a fuck either.
1: Triple because G's chin was incredible.
2: Exactly. So what Triple G did is he pressured, threw punches, ate some shit, and kept coming forward. Benavidez is exactly the fighter that can give Canelo a problem. The problem with David Benavides, though, is he he does have some defensive deficiencies and he needs to shore up before that fight. He's 24. He can yeah. figure it out. But outside of that, the man throws. There was a, the final round of the, the fight against Ronald Ellis. He landed 45 punches. Ellis landed zero. The man was chasing
1: him around the ring. Ellis was running at one point. But. The biggest problem is, is what you say for every young fighter. So you got to say here, you got to be even, you got to be equal. We haven't seen his chin tested.
2: No, he, he hasn't. He hasn't fought a big puncher. Um, and but,
1: he, I don't know which big puncher is out there for him to face to test it before you get to Canelo. Because even yeah. the other guys, like, were you gonna fight Callum Smith on your way, like to just earn credit? Cool, but he's not a big puncher. Um he wants to fight uh Charlo. That's a smaller guy. Charlo would have to come up for that fight. So it, it's one of those things. When are you going to fight a big puncher at that size?
2: It, it's hard because 68 is an interesting division where you know Callum Smith is no longer a champion, so there's really no reason for that fight to happen. Billy Joe Saunders is fighting Canelo, but even still, he's not a big puncher. Uh, Cale was not, a fight,
1: not a big puncher,
2: he's not a, he's not a big puncher. So, who else is there? You know, I mean, did Jacobs move up recently? Yeah, I mean, yeah, Jacobs moved up as well. He's, he's 68. Um, so I mean, you could face Jacobs, not that
1: he's nothing- a big puncher, but a guy who's gone toe-to-toe with Canelo.
2: He, but Jacobs is a big puncher. The problem is that there's no reason for them to fight. If you're David Benavidez, you're looking for a title. Like, you're looking for it to be a three-time world champion. No,
1: Canelo's going to have all the titles. So you just got to be the next person worthy of getting a shot after right. he collects all the belts.
2: But Jacobs is not ranked number one, so there's no reason for that fight to happen. And if Saunders is fighting Canelo with the WBO title on the line... The only one left is the W... Wait, wait, which one does Caleb have? The IBF? IBF? Yes. So, Benavides has to go after Caleb Plant because nobody else has a title. And obviously... Oh, no, that's
1: beats... not happening either. Caleb Plant just fought back-to-back mandatories. He don't got to do shit but sit there. He could sit there all he wants. Until September. Is it a September. smart thing to do? Yeah, Isn't sit there until September. You have no mandatories. You beat back-to-back mandatories. They can't institute... Benavidez is a mandatory fast enough for it to make him fight you. You sit there and you wait for that September payout.
2: It it sucks. It it sucks because Benavidez is to me, the biggest problem in that division. I like Caleb playing a lot, but you're not beating, you're not beating the grandmaster in a chess match. It's just not happening. Like I always say, you got to take the chessboard, smash it over his head. That's how David Benavidez fights. He's, as long as he keeps his weight in check and stays off the nose candy he's 24 man he's 24 That's... like he might he might catch canelo in like two or three years if like, let's just say canelo just becomes undisputed that'd probably be by next year
1: yeah by september
2: yeah and then Canelo will probably fight. I don't know. I don't know if he move up to fight somebody else, but maybe a Benavides fight happens in yeah. 2022. Yeah. That means Benavitas is 25 and Canelo's 31. I like that fight.
1: 30 31 is so fucking young for Canelo.
2: But this the wild card in all this shit is Charlo. And if I'm if, if
1: Charlo can skip the line if he drops the belt and forces himself as a mandatory.
2: Yeah, he could try. I mean, but if I'm David Benavidez, I'm like, why don't you go through me? I mean, obviously nobody yeah. on Charlo's team is gonna be like, cool. They're gonna be like, nah. <laughs> nobody, dog, nobody wants to fight Benavidez. They don't want to no. do it. They don't. Charles said
1: that
2: Charles' gonna sit there and say, I fight him, but his his management is gonna be like, That's not a good idea.
1: No, Benavidez, the the cold hard fact is that you have to be the best. You got to hope Canelo wants to prove everyone wrong, thinking that you might give him a test and you do whatever you can to continue that momentum and that talk between now and next May. Cause the first shot you're getting at Canelo is next single to the mile. You have roughly a year, or two months to pad your resume with whoever, whoever you can, whatever name value you can get is who you fight. And that's what you got to do. Not opponents like he just fought last weekend. You got to fight someone with name value. You smoke Canelo out of there.
2: It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard because Canelo, yes, he's obviously fighting in May. Assuming he beats Saunders, he fights in September. If plan is around, he's going to go after that title. Sorry, Triple G, you're going to have to do something to to get that fight again, or else you will be like 47 years old chasing a Canelo fight.
1: Yeah, and Benavidez is smart. Like, he's called out the right Charlo. He said he'll take uh, the Berlanga fight. Yeah. Like, he's, he's calling out names. Now he's not having it, but he's calling out names. And again, I'd fight Daniel Jacobs. Daniel Jacobs damn near just lost. Yeah. It's a to fight. Gabe Rosado, which that's another good fight.
2: Yeah, I mean, there, there's plenty of options. But David Benavidez, to me, is the biggest problem at 168 for Canelo. I don't see Canelo going back up to 75 to fight better be Ev. I don't see him fighting Bivol. Bivol
1: no, they got to fight each other. They're on the yeah. collision
2: course. I, like, I feel like Canelo is going to sit at 168, try to get those titles, be undisputed, and then defend those undisputed titles. I don't think he's doing it as a trophy to move up to another weight. I think this is where he's going to stay and dare somebody to beat him.
1: No, I agree. The only, th- only thing I see him going up to do is if there's a legit undisputed champion. And he could take all four belts in one sweep. Like, cause going up and getting two belts does nothing for him.
2: No, not at all. Not at all. Only especially as guys who like as great as Better BF is, it's not like he's a household name. No. So yeah, he's, Talking he's about better
1: BF, he fights this upcoming weekend. It's uh, in Russia. This fight has been rescheduled several times due to the Rona. Finally getting back in the ring, clearing off one of his mandatory. Um, Adam, I'll figure out the pronunciation when I go to my top ring meet on Tuesday. Well, let's just call him Dines, Deans, whatever. Adam, I'm about to get knocked the hell out in Russia. Yes. So better be at fights him this weekend, <clears throat> 3 p.m. Eastern time. Cool. I expect him to win that fight. Him and Bivol. On a crash course there at night, though, the fight I'm really looking forward to Virgil Ortiz versus Mo Hooker.
2: Oh, I love this fight. I I love every Virgil Ortiz needed this fight so bad. He did. I mean, it is a smaller guy. Not well, Mo Hooker was a big 140. Yeah, he... dog. If you've been around Mo Hooker, you're like, what are you doing? Because like, yo, you were fighting at 35. Like, what is yeah. wrong with you? He's bigger than. Bigger than uh, Bud in the gym all the damn time. He's big. And so this is a fantastic fight. Mo Hooker's not a huge puncher. Virgil Ortiz is. Uh, Mo Hooker got stopped by Jose Ramirez. Yeah. If Virgil Ortiz can stop him, mm, he he might be the one smoking out some of these 47-pounders. Virgil Ortiz stops everyone so far. (laughs) Yeah, like nobody can stand up. That power is for real. That power is real. Scary dude.
1: I expect a knockout.
2: Yeah, one way or another. I mean, maybe Hooker tests him early, but I don't think this goes the distance. No, Ramirez
1: damn near put his ass through the ropes.
2: Yeah, I think Virgil is uh, such a big puncher. And Ortiz – and I think Virgil's a bigger puncher than Ramirez. So Ortiz has a a great chance of just flatlining him. I don't know if it will be a war. I just think he'll kind of catch him because he's just a hell of a finisher. Um, Mo Hooker, man, like should have fought Regis Progray.
1: No, no, yes, he should have. Wrong one. Sure. <laughs> yes, you should have. Um, that catch rate's looking real lovely because this one, listen, if Mo Hooker comes out and they have a good game plan and BOMAC put together a good game plan and they could dance around and show the young kid some look he hasn't seen before, I'd be shocked, but that'd be one hell of a fight for him. Because that's the key. You want to catch these kids early and yes. young.
4: Yes.
1: If you can show him some shit he's never seen and trick them and get them frustrated Never know how they're going to respond.
2: Yeah, Mo Hooker's got kids to feed. That man, how many kids got? Eight?
1: Yeah, Mo Hooker got the family. And him and Butter on the race.
2: <sighs> I ain't part of that game. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> nah, me either. could Good do it. I was three and out, my man. Three and out. Uh, we're going to hit the break when we come back. We're going to finish this up, wrap this up by talking UFC. We're going to talk about the fights last week in a little bit and then give our predictions for the main event of this week's card so don't go anywhere we'll be right back we'll get right back to the show in a second but first the wait is finally over football is back you might not be able to be at a game this year but you can still be in on the action at bet online BetOnline is going an extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads to totals to teams, player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions and
2: championship futures all day every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great signup bonuses. Don't forget to use code BlueWire at betonline.ag. That's BlueWire, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.
1: All right, as promised, we are back wrapping up the show with MMA, talking about the UFC card last weekend at the Apex. First off, shout out to Angie Hill, winning a decision over Ashley Yoder. We both predicted that. Angie with some crazy knees to the body.
2: She looked good. I mean, teed
1: off on Yoder and really Angie's lost some unfortunate fights. Like she she got robbed on one card. Angie's like fringe top five.
2: Yeah. I mean, Angie's got some fantastic striking. She's going to need to figure out this takedown stuff though, because Yoder was very elementary on the feet, but it's not like her ground game was top notch. But once he took her down, it was like, Oh, come on. So Angie's going to have to figure that out, especially at the upper crust of this division. But it's a good win. I mean, we love watching her fight, and she's a great striker. She has the most strikes landed in the history of that division. So I I expect her back in about two and a half months.
1: So do I. Until then, enjoy her tweets and commentary. Yes, sir. Always both fun. Um, Starting off the main card, again, we see a draw, no contest. Eric Anders, here's Darren Stewart. Still hate people when they got their knee on the ground.
2: Like, did he watch last week's car with Yann and Al-Jermain? Like,
1: and How do you get a draw? I don't understand why this is a draw and last week's was a give your belt up.
2: They have a big problem in the UFC right now where they can't decide what is a no contest, what is a stoppage, what is a TKO, what is it like they don't know. And this was a perfect example of that because when it happened, I was like, word, a draw? No, man, it's either a DQ. Or no contest. Pick one. It's not a draw. That was weird.
1: Yeah, I don't know how that ended up in the draw. Because then, right, Jan is pissed. Because he's like, yo, I did the same shit. Yeah. And lost my belt to DQ. Like, it, it makes no sense if you do it in the first round or if you do it in the fourth. Who cares?
2: Yeah, I don't know.
1: What they're yeah, I, pff, I don't know either. Then, um, we had a. Decision after that, Davy Grant with the knockout. That was one – this was one hell of a run of knockouts. Davy Grant gets the knockout. Then Dan Edge just knocks Gavin Tucker clean.
2: Yo, first combination he gave through, it was over. Over. And, and just he, smooth out. One he, punch. I think he threw one punch. And it was over. So, obviously, he's at the point now where he's like, all right, well, what's next? And he's coming off the loss of Calvin Cater. And you look at Ige and you're like, all right, well, shit. He wants a Korean zombie. Give him the Korean zombie. He's got got a kid on the way, and he's going to spend some time with that kid. Korean zombie got pieced up by Ortega. It's a good fight to make. I'm here for it. Give me that fight. Sounds good.
1: What happened to uh, Rodriguez, right?
2: Yair? Yair. We still haven't heard the full story. Like Daniel was like, "Ah, some shit." And it's like, "All right, well, what is he the got shit? cut
1: and came back?" Right?
2: It well, it seemed like there was some issues that I I, don't, I can't speculate. I really don't know what the that guy was. he's still ranked like number four. I haven't seen him in two years. Well, yeah, that's the UFC. They don't <sighs> they don't remove him from the rankings. Uh, so I don't know. No,
1: nope, close to the vest. And then we have Cirkinov versus Ryan Span.
2: I mean, Span knocks out Circunov. Span's not a bad fighter. Um the division. was not very deep.
1: really dope not too long ago.
2: Yeah, well shit, shit happens, So sorry, yeah.
1: okay. lost to Johnny Walker to 2019, beat Jimmy Cruz by submission. Like beat Pat Cummings, who has a win over the champion. Oh, I guess he lost to Ozemir and Glover to share. I mean he gets starched a lot. It's it's kill or be killed in Cirquedal fights, so yeah, it went the the wrong way for him in that one, and then in the main event, Leon Edwards versus Bilal Muhammad, fuck, got you know a first round where they're filling each other out, and we got excited, and then second round we get the eye poke, and it's it's a wrap, fight over. I think his eye was bleeding at one point.
2: Yeah, it was bad. So somebody was like, somebody was like, oh, he's crying over eye poke the fucker put his finger through his eye and like cause a bloody eye through the what? bottom eyelid because he got like the whole finger in that bitch. Yeah, he's going to cry. I would have cried.
1: Yeah. I barely like put my contacts
2: in. What the hell you mean? I don't even like contacts. So I would cry if I had to put contacts in. So, no, oh, shut up. Um, So t- a couple things. One, this is what you get for making the wrong fight. Bilal Muhammad, no disrespect to you, but you shouldn't have been fighting Leon Edwards. Leon Edwards shouldn't have been fighting Kamayev. Leon Edwards should be fighting a top five guy. So now that you booked this fight and this shit happens, and I know Bilal wants to run it back, but you shouldn't have been in this position in the first place. And maybe you should get a top 10 guy, but Leon Edwards should be getting Colby Coving- Covington. And that being said, I blame all of this on him because if fuckhead. Maggie Covington would have took this fight. Probably wouldn't have been an eye poke. Yes. Bilal Muhammad would have to work his way up, but that's the fight to make. Yep. That, that's it.
1: Cunnington believes he deserves a a title shot
2: already. He ain't did shit.
1: He ain't do shit. But this is what his belief is.
2: You have to fight Leon Edwards, man. Like, Leon Edwards, yes, he hadn't fought in a while. Who cares? He deserves that opportunity. And now that this fight is in the rearview mirror, nobody's like, yo, we should absolutely have a rematch. I don't care. Bilal can fight somebody else. I know he wants it, but... You kind of lucked up to be in this position in the first place. So let Leon fight Kobe Covington. The winner fights Kamaru Usman or Jorge Masvidal.
1: The winner fights Kamaru Usman. All yeah,
2: right.
1: You know. <laughs> um, and then this weekend's card, not too crazy we got to go through. It's a card where I'm like, a lot of these fights could have been on other cards and just took a weekend off. But whatever. So in the co-main, we have Gregor Gillespie Oh wait, Tai to Shuay. I'm I'm picking him to win just because I always like to shoot it.
2: But uh, it's either he's
1: gonna win by knockout or he's getting knocked out. There's no in between.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Th- this isn't like a great card. Uh, I'm only looking forward to the main event. But anyway. yeah,
1: Gregor Gillespie, Brad Riddle, like that's cool.
2: I mean, I like Gregor Gillespie. I think he'll be top ten after this fight. But, uh, his, yeah, he got knocked
1: out by Kevin Lee. That really starts his momentum in 2019. Outside of that, he's been solid.
2: Yeah, he, he'll be fine. He's ultra talented. Yeah. This is, yeah, like, like you said, this is kind of a car that you look at and go, Oh, you're having this? All right. It's like that party where you're like, Oh, you're still having that party? Uh, I guess I'll come.
1: Yeah. It's like you're a pay-per-view the weekend after. Like, you really could have just put a lot of these on that. But yeah. whatever. Derek Brunson, Kevin Holland, main event.
2: Like I said, Derek Brunson is a guy who paid the price for testing Israel Adesanya, and he's going to do the same here. He's he's picking on the wrong one. Uh, He's like, you know, I'm not a gatekeeper. Yes, you are. And Kevin Holland, you know, despite his weird comments about the Rona, uh, knocked out (laughs) Jacare. Yeah, I think we're we're definitely getting uh, Kevin Holland victory here. If he loses, I mean – Would I be terribly surprised? No, but I think Kevin Holland's just a better fighter.
1: I think Kevin Holland wins by knockout. Not to disrespect him, but I'm not counting Brunson out because I did that against Edmund and he knocked his ass out.
2: Yeah, true.
1: Stopped the hype train dead in his tracks. So shit, Derek Brunson is on a three-fight winning streak since losing to Izzy and getting worked by Izzy. But so, Elias Teodoro, who's no longer there and got cut, you beat him. B. Edmund Shabazian, which is top prospect um, in the UFC. So, listen, maybe he took offense to being the gatekeeper. But I think this is where his, his run stops. He runs okay. out of luck here. He gets knocked out by Kevin Holland.
2: Yes. I mean, listen, man, G- gatekeepers are necessary. And Derek Brunson is a gatekeeper. He'll never fight for the title. I don't ever see him going on the run where I'm like, oh, man, give him a shot. No, he's going to win a few fights in a row, get a guy who's coming up, and lose. Shabazian wasn't ready. Kevin Holland is.
1: No, I completely agree. And then, yeah, that's MMA for this weekend. Next week, we're going to preview a pay-per-view, another one. I feel like it's every other week because it has been. So we have UFC 260 to preview next weekend. Steve versus Ngannou, too, which I'm so excited for. Volkanovski versus Ortega, which is going to be one hell of a fight. Woodley versus Luke. If any reason Woodley loses this, it's Bellator Woodley. Bellator bound, baby. And the most exciting fight, like, ooh, whoever booked this shit deserves a raise. Sean O'Malley versus Thomas Almeida.
2: Yeah, that's actually a really good fight.
1: Amazing fight. And Armada was shit not too long ago in the position that O'Malley's in. Exactly. He was the biggest thing in the UFC. Cody Garbrandt starched him. Then he loses to Jimmy Rivera, knocked out by Rob Font, loses to Martinez. The man's lost four straight. Started 22 and 0, lost four straight in the past four years. So. If he doesn't get this, it's a rough one for him. Cody Garbrandt might have really just wrecked his career. Probably. One time, shit, I I picked him to be where we see Aljo right now. Yep. Garbrandt, Aljo, and Almeida were the three guys rising up at the same time. And the fact that Almeida's the guy on the four-fight losing streak, I would have never picked that. So interesting fight. We'll talk about all of those next weekend. Hopefully you guys are enjoying your time out there. Thank you guys for listening. As always, stay safe. Stay Rona free. In the meantime, follow us on social media at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter at Corner Club for Life on Instagram. Check out our other show, Wrestling with Stereotypes, on adfreeshows.com. You can follow me at Kel Dansby, him at Andreas Hale on all platforms as well shout out to blue wire the network shout out to all of the sponsors shout out to you guys for always supporting us hitting us up on social media it is so fun it's great to see the show still growing we are let's see it is sunday the 14th while we are recording this dre we are exactly 14 days away from our 16th anniversary
2: for real yep two
1: weeks away from our six 16th, I said, six-year anniversary. So, man, 2015 seems like it was yesterday, but we are almost here for six years. So, again, it's all attributed to you guys. Thank you so much. Until next time, we're
2: out. Peace.
4: For the ones standing guard, for the eagle-eyed, for the knights in shining armor, and for all those who support them, we are Granger, your experienced safety partner. Offering supplies and solutions for every industry, committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com/safety or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done.